0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And I'm very excited today to introduce you to the co-founder of Brandjectory and also the co-founder of the Litchfield Fund, Tom Malingo.
1: Thank you, Karen. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.
0: I'm very much looking forward to getting to know a little bit more about you. You have a rich history, a lot of experience, and now really doing some really cool things with some specific industries. Mm-hmm. So let's, before we talk about Brand Directory and Litchfield Fund, tell us about Tom. Okay. What led you to today? What's what's the career path? And yeah, and then we'll, we'll get into the meat of what are you doing now?
1: So um, I ended up in banking. And I had a 30 year career with a major bank uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. I spent the last 20 of that at the C level. All kinds of things in banking I did. I ran operations, I ran technology, I ran client experience, um, I ran retail banking, commercial loan operations, all the cash management services. Did it all, project management technology in 30 years. I was at the C level, a new CIO that I was working for. um, Somebody asked me if I wanted 52 to be 55. You never question that. Uh, that offer, you signed the papers. I didn't come home and ask Susan. Uh, Susan said, "No more winters in Cleveland," and we moved to Scottsdale. Okay, so that was about uh, eight years ago now. And we wanted to do something in food. Okay, so we were the type that, for people of our age, you may remember Yule Gibbons. Okay, yes. from the post uh, post raisin brand. Eat tree tree nuts, eat uh, tree roots, eat bark, you know, make tea from bark. So we were Yule Gibbons kinds of people from that time, okay? So, you know, in the 80s and 90s, that meant eating salads and bran, right? That's all that was available. But we kept looking for things that would help us eat nutritionally. I'm Italian, the kitchen's mine, along with the basement and garage, but mainly (laughs) mainly the kitchen is mine, and uh, I do all the cooking. We just kept looking for stuff. We'd go to health food stores. They they would, you know, we'd ask for stuff. And, you know, they were still pronouncing quinoa quinoa, right? You know, this is, you know, <laughs> 1990s. But we progressed in our, you know, the internet came about, you learn more. And so we just got into the whole idea of new products that were healthy and tried to change the way people were eating, looking at their nutritional, things like that. Susan's background was in marketing, advertising. Fundraising for nonprofits, um, some event planning for non- nonprofits, some sales, things like that. And what we wanted to do was see if we could help some of these young brands grow. So that's how we founded the Litchfield Fund. We moved out here to Scottsdale. We founded the Litchfield Fund. We started investing, advising, consulting in small brands in the natural, organic, pro- you know, health wellness arena. We continued. We did that for a long time, and we just continued to learn more. About the difficulty brands, especially in the food, health, wellness, beverage industry, grow. It takes time, it takes money. It takes a lot of knowledge. These are people founding brands with, you know themselves. They may never have been in the industry. They may have found the greatest berry in the world hiking in the in the in South America, or they pulled off Grandma's recipe and you know, it actually used real ingredients, you know butter and and things like that that people try not to use. They took it to the farmers market. It sold. They started a the business.
0: We've had so many examples of sure. those stories right. come right through here to tell their right. story. And if I could ask you before you continue, when you say you know it's difficult, is it because it's such a massive? Those are massive industries.
1: Well, yes, there's so many legacy brands. There's so you know they're, they're you know you know the the roost is ruled by the Mondelezas and the Crafts and the shelf space and the grocery store. E-commerce makes them better evening even field, but you know it takes money. You have to learn distribution. You have to learn production. You have to... People may come from a finance background, but the finances and the costs of doing business, trade spend, promotions, you know the cost to get on the shelf are completely different in CPG. It doesn't work the way maybe you know, traditional finance, you think of things. There's a lot of different attributes to it. So this growth from seed to what might be considered a series A raise in our industry, which might be six, eight or 10 million, depending upon the segment, It takes a massive amount of money. It takes a massive amount of knowledge. And you can't be growing a full business when you're at four or five million. You can't have somebody in charge of marketing. You can't have somebody in charge of sales. You're doing a lot of this with a person, person and a half, third parties, contracts, it's a vast industry of, of, you know, grocers, distributors, brokers, and then you get into the fundraising and there's, you know, there's lenders and there's there's equity players and there's players who only do seed and there's other angel investors and then there's the ones that will only do Series A. So it's a massive industry and understanding that learning that takes time and people are growing a business, trying to have a successful business while others are happening. Sleeping every once in a while. And trying to sleep. <laughs> And we said, after a while of of working with these young brands, we said, can't we make this something that becomes a platform where it gives brand founders the opportunity to learn, understand, and grow within the CPG industry while making the context necessary from an investment and industry expert perspective to be able to actually grow a successful business that is investor ready and investable. And that, along with our partner Mike Movitz out of Chicago, Susan and I and and Michael founded Brandjectory, and that's who we are.
0: So, tell us about the Brandjectory platform. Sure. What it? How does that function? What's what is that? You described uh, how you show up for these uh, right. cre- creators. What does the platform look okay. like? Feel so like? So,
1: I, I want to tell you a little bit about how it started. Yeah. So, it, it was after um, uh the, the the biggest trade show in the industry is Expo West. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's it's 3,500 3, brands, 100,000 people. It's in Anaheim every March. It is the trade industry show for the industry of grocery, national product, natural products, the whole bit. Okay. And it was after one of those shows that Michael and I were talking, you know, this is about four or five years ago. You have know, a stack of cards this big. Who was the right people to talk to? What was the conversation we had? How do we keep the conversation going? This was just a chat. And we said, wait a minute, social media does this. Okay. And yeah, there's LinkedIn and there's other stuff, but you know, there's nothing focused on keeping CPG founders in connection with investors and industry experts. And that was the idea behind Brandjectory. So, we can describe Brandjectory as a social media platform, okay, with a virtual process of connecting, interacting and and learning, but it really is two things. It's an educational piece and it's an access piece. And that's what Brandjectory really is in a nutshell. The education piece is basically the platform. We have a knowledge base of 250 articles. We've written 90% of them ourselves, all focused on the CPG industry. But they're not just focused on CPG. They're focused on, you know, how is an investor going to look at that topic? And what are they going to want to know about it from the brand? So it's not just, here's what it means to have customer loyalty. Here's what it means to have marketing. Here's what it means to have good gap accounting. Here's what it means. You know, here's what your trade spend is about. Here's what a positive real cash flow is. It's also, what are the questions that an investor is going to want to know about that? How are you going to prove to an investor that you have conquered this and that you can move forward and be investor ready? That's our knowledge base. We have about 10% of the articles have probably been written by, by our partners. So the things that get into nitty gritty of legal or, or you know, um, some deeper things in accounting, we let some of our, you know, our partners write those. But we're writing most of them. We're adding to them monthly, weekly. Then we, move into the, then, then we move into a space of giving them, still as the educational piece, a brand profile. That brand profile looks like something you'd see on social media, but it's all designed the way an investor wants to see it. Okay. And, and helping
0: it, them learn how to do that. And
1: learn, helping them learn how to do it. Learning what's important to an investor. What does an, important, what does an investor want to hear about your brand? Investors have told us that our profile is the best thing for them to really understand quickly if they want to continue that conversation with a brand. So we help them through things like, what's your customer value statement? What's your investor value proposition? Are you raising the right amount of money for your size brand? What's the difference between equity and safe, uh, safe note? And things like that. We try to make sure that they're presenting themselves well. We consult with them. We give them some consulting time to do that, okay? That's really the education piece. That wraps up who that brand is and how they're presenting themselves. Then comes the access piece. And for that, we have two things. We have the social media platform where there is a brand profile, like I said, but they can post updates. They can say, hey, here's my numbers. Hey, I just got it. Here's a picture of me and Whole Foods. I just got into Whole Foods. You know, here's a customer testimonial. They can do all those things. They can secure their documents in there so that they can release them to an investor when an investor wants to see them. All these things that you would normally see, like in Facebook or Mm -hmm. or LinkedIn.
0: Only very strategic. It's
1: very strategic, very focused on this industry, very focused on a channel that only goes from brand to investor. Cuts out
0: all the noise.
1: Cuts out all the noise. So, you know, you could go out on LinkedIn and post, hey, I'm raising money and I had great numbers and blah, blah, blah. But you're going out to the world. You're going out to your competitors, okay? You're telling everybody what you're doing. Here, it's very linked to this investor will see me. He will follow me. He can connect with me. He can message me. I can message him. I can reach out. We, we limit a little bit of the reach out so it doesn't become a cold calling platform. But, you know, in terms of, as opposed to, I'm, I'm sending an email to 500 investors versus here's 100 investors and I know 20 of them are in my segment looking for, you know, looking for a brand my size. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get these, this very targeted, very productive, very efficient, okay? That's the, the platform piece of it. But that's not enough, right? I mean, the, the only way you make connections is face-to-face, whether it's virtual or in a room like this, you make them face-to-face. So then we have a series of meetings every month where we get brands and investors and industry experts together. We do that in a number of ways. We have a meetup every month, a virtual meetup. Usually it involves a few investors talking about a topic. But we may do something around industry expertise that they bring to it. But we also include an investor. So the investor will say, so if we're doing something about marketing or something about advertising or social media, we'll also bring in investors to talk about what are they looking for? What tells them that brand is having success? Okay. Then we break into small rooms where we'll have maybe one or two investors, three or four brands. Okay. They'll have a chance to connect, continue the conversation, share information, ask for another connection, right? That's all, it's all that networking process. All that networking process. Best thing we hear, okay, is some brand says, comes out of one of those meetings and the founder says, I got a follow-up call. The better thing we hear is, you know, not only did they get a follow-up call, that investor wasn't right for me. But they're going to introduce me to some angel groups. Yeah. We've had that happen. Where then they go to an angel group, and that angel group, oh yeah, it maybe they're raising five hundred thousand, and they're getting fifty or twenty five or something like that. But that's part of the process. The part of the process is growing your network and growing your network well within the industry expertise that you need. The other part of what we do on a monthly basis is a space chatter. We call it everything's around the space theme. We call it a space chatter, and what it is is founder only meetings. OK, so the founders share. We, we, we get what topics they want to share this month. Yeah. They get together. They ask questions of each other. They share contacts. They share information, successes, failures, whatever it might be. Then once in a while, we invite an industry expert. As an example, one month, we brought a, a Costco broker, OK, a, a person who's an expert in cost, at Costco and getting into Costco and staying on the shelf at Costco, which, you know, is a mecca for all of these brands. Not every brand's ready for someplace like Costco or Walmart. They can't handle the volume. But he explained the in and outs of it, you know, peppered for questions for an hour. We brought a Whole Foods buyer one time. They just questioned them for an hour about Whole Foods and what, you know, and what goes on at Whole Foods. Same, we brought Kehi, which is one of the big distributors for, for natural products. Okay. We brought ke buyers there, and they just answered questions from these founders. All these things are the ways that we make sure they're getting expertise that me, Michael, and Susan, because of our experience, we can bring them the best of the industry. That's the second way we connect on a monthly basis. The other is what we call the orbit. Okay. The orbit is coaching and mentoring. Okay. And a brand can sign into what we call mission control, and they can select a number of invest a number of experts every month to, to connect with. Half-hour conversations. Mm-hmm. These people are giving their time. It's part of giving back to the, to the community, to you know, the CPG community. Same with the investors. A lot of the investors we have might be Series A investors, but they like the idea of grooming these young brands, helping them understand what it means to be an $8 million brand as opposed to a $2.5 million brand or to be a $5 million brand as opposed to a $750,000 brand. They enjoy doing that because it means they're building their pipeline, their relationships too. But we have these mentor offerings. We have industry experts in every field. We have about um, 70, some invest- some, some um, experts on our platform for for mentoring. About twenty some of them are investors, the rest come from marketing and advertising and social media and influencing, counting, legal. So even if they have a, a simple legal question like, hey, you know, I'm I don't know if this is really IP worthy, mm-hmm. okay? They can talk to a legal expert about that. Hey, they have a question about, you know, I don't know if this messaging is really resonating. Can, you know, can can somebody who knows branding and marketing like look at this? They can get that answered in there. And they schedule half-hour meetings. It's like scheduling a conference room. It's like the, it's like the sign-up sheep in the conference room door. You know, they can schedule a half-hour meeting, the, the mentors put their time in there, and they and the um the the people can sign up for it. We also have every month, we try to bring our industry expertise. To the wider community, you know, free of charge. This outside is not, of directory.
0: outside of brand trajectory. Okay.
1: Outside of brand trajectory. So this month we have Adam Spriggs from the um, Angel Group, and Adam is going to be talking about what the characteristics are of a breakout brand in the CPG industry. Okay, next month we are holding a um, a fireside chat with four. CPG industry veterans and experts, all of who have probably in total spent over a hundred years at Whole Foods as senior executives. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're not at Whole Foods now, but they're going to share their perspective on what it is for young brands to continue to grow in this environment today, based upon their 30 years of experience of working with Whole what Foods. A gift. So these are things that we bring to the community that we rely on our expertise. In September, we had a pitch slam and we'll continue to have pitch slams. Our pitch slam gave away $100,000 in cash and prizes, okay? We had 65 brands from Grandjectory apply. We had five finalists. We had 27 CPG investors involved in the selection process. We had sponsorships from over 30 CPG um, industry service providers, okay? We're continuing to build relationships. We have relationships with Nielsen IQ, who's one of the big... uh, Data providers, we've had people from Spins and Kahee be part of our sessions. So we continue to build relationships with some of the best in the industry. We're that connection for those brands that subscribe to Brandjectory. And we have so much planned for this year coming up. Exciting things that we're going to be doing for these brands. New features we're going to offer. Today, I'm talking too much, so drop no, in you're when not. I have a question. This is
0: all about you. I'm we, just, we, launched,
1: I'm, we launched our subscription platform in September of 21. I was just
0: going to ask how long.
1: Wow. Yeah, September 21, we have 120 brands on our service. Okay. We have more than 85 or 90 now investors who are active. And by active, I mean, they're on the platform. They're engaging with brands. They're showing up at our meetings. They're showing up at our meetups. They're available in the, in the uh, they, they help us on the pitch slam, things like that. They've, they're involved in the mentoring program. We have more than 500, almost 600, more than 600 uh, investors in our, in our network. So when a brand signs up for Brandjectory and they go through a profile review, we send profile information out to over 600 investors for them. Okay. We say, you can find this brand on, on Brandjectory. We are not a broker dealer. We are not taking part of a raise from them. We are not a crowdfunding site. We're not a twelve-week ac- accelerator. They can be on trajectory from zero to ten million in sales. We're not a fourteen-week incubator. Okay, we we are all those things exist in the industry, and they yeah, all may be right for are. a certain reason. Yeah. But that's not what we are. We are trying to give brands the access to the kinds of expertise and industry knowledge and investors. That is in one place where they can sign up for our service, subscribe, be part of it and get access to all this and
0: where they're tenderly held right <laughs> right I, I mean I hear that in your yeah. enthusiasm and, and your joy in doing this that the three of you have really created this space where we deeply care about all the stakeholders that are part of this thing yeah. called brand jeffery. Yeah. yeah
1: and you know we we are we are a for-profit business we're not making a profit now you know we've kept our prices low to get brands on there. Yeah. We are going to be adding features coming up. We're going to add a very very well done financial review for them. So we do this profile review, but we're going to go a little deeper Mm -hmm. into their finances. We're going to try to bring things to our platform like the debt side. Okay. Certainly it's a tough economic environment for these brands. Cash is not available as it used to be. Investors are getting a little bit more serious. You know, if, if you were in this industry three years ago, two years ago, you know, they would say, you know, investors, you know, investors and everyone in the industry would say, it takes a lot of money to grow a CPG brand. Okay. And it does. It, you know, you have production, you have expiring product, you have to manage trade spend, you have to get it on the shelf, grocers charge placement fees. You know, there's all these things involved. Mm-hmm. You pay a broker, you pay a distributor, all these things involved. Well, you know, they don't say it takes a lot of money anymore. They say, show me the path to profitability. And show me how you're going to be there in 12 or 18 months. Them. And they're being very, very much more restrictive in the equity. So we're going to start bringing some debt. Last month, we held, we we had four experts from the debit side, or from mm-hmm. the debt side. And they were from all sides, different debt providers, okay, who shared what the debt environment's going to look like for this year, okay? We want to try to bring in some of the grant kinds of things that are available, community, special interest. Government, you know, all the kinds of, we want to try to bring some of that into the platform because these are all tools that help these brands grow. And those are the things that we want to be able to bring to the brand. So these are all kinds of features and options we're going to start to be adding in 2023. We want to encompass sort of the how do you grow not just grow like an incubator might do yeah. or like a marketing incubator or, or, a, or accelerator might do, but just how do you grow focus. smartly? Yeah. Okay. And this is where things like crowdfunding fail. You can go out to crowdfunding and you can raise money. Okay. But you're getting, you may end up with 2,000 investors who all put in an average of $1,600. Okay. We don't want that. You're not getting any expertise from that. You're getting money. But, you know, if you're a young brand, you're just going to blow through that money. And investors are starting to look and say, well, you've used crowdfunding as a source of funding. You haven't used it smart. You just said, oh, I need more money. I'll go to crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. A lot of brands have done that. We're trying to be that mechanism that gets them into the world of CPG with knowledge, expertise, guidance that really makes them a very investable brand. And that and what we hope is that investors will start realizing if a brand is on Brandjectory, they've gotten the best that the industry can offer in terms of advice and expertise and knowledge. And that's what we're really hoping that Brandjectory will be in the industry.
0: So the term mentor hub showed up for me as you were chatting and yeah. describing that last piece, right? You're, you're mentoring, not just the three of you, but of course, with the experts that you bring right. in providing a robust uh, opportunity for education in all facets of business, in addition to the networking, the introductions. Right. What do you attribute the immediate success to, to the platform? Because it really hasn't been that long that, that you've been out there and available, and yet you already have some really great numbers to share and, and the success that you're already seeing and, and experiencing through the feedback that you've had. How has this happened so quickly? Well,
1: we've used mostly social media. Okay, so—
0: LinkedIn, specifically? LinkedIn, uh
1: specifically. And that's only one part of it. We bring contacts to the process, right? We've been in the industry. Michael's been in the industry for 30 years. Um, Susan and I, for the last eight to nine now. One at nine. But we've been in the industry. So we bring contacts to it, okay? I'd like to think it's our reputation as such that has said, okay, well, people know we care about these brands— you know, Susan and I have worked with brand founders, and we've really tried to be part of their businesses um, when we have and try to assist them. So, you know, it, its I think that's a big part of it. But I think it also speaks to the need the industry has. Sometimes we're surprised we actually haven't had, done better because everybody says this is such a needed option.
0: There was nothing like this before. There's nothing
1: like this. And I've had folks tell me that, you know, there's other arenas where this, could really, this whole idea could really make sense. Speak to things like, you know, med tech and pharmatech, even like satellite and communications tech and things like that. You know, incredibly bright people come up with fantastic ideas and mechanisms, but they are scientists. They're not business people. Maybe they can have success turning something into a product. Maybe they can't. Okay. You know, maybe they need some of this kind of, well, I got this great idea. How do I turn it into a really viable product without, you know, selling my soul to a venture capitalist, you know, who says, okay, it's a great idea. I'll buy the idea. I'll put 50 million in. I got 90% of your business. You'll make a fortune on the 10%, but it's no longer your business. And if that's what they want, if they want a business, then they don't get it. And, and those are, you know, I don't know if we could ever, you know, bring in the expertise to help us go in these other industries. We know CPG, so we can help food, we can help beverage, snacks, frozen, alcohol, non-alcohol, you know, um, health, wellness, beauty, personal care. All these are part of the platform now. Okay, and we're excited to keep growing. We, We think of ourselves as we are the place that if you're trying to be that, you're trying to be in the grocery store, you're trying to be in Whole Foods or Sprouts. Okay. And you have the kind of brand that's going to go in Whole Foods or Sprouts or go in the you know into fries in the you know 101 Wellness section or whatever they call it these yeah. days. They change the name of it every once while. Sure. Simple Truth kind of area. We're the tool that's going to help you get there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we can provide you all these things. So that's really what we're trying to do. Wow. Fascinating. I, 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 it's fun. It's it's we're, we're working very 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 hard. I'm sure Susan's at home listening right now. Hello, Susan um, and Michael taking, too, taking care of the dog. Um, that's What's DJ. That? Uh, but you know so but yeah we you know this is this is really um something that we feel very um uh very connected to yeah we want it to be a profitable for money business we want to make money on it but we also want to make sure that we're giving everybody an equal playing field you know we talk a lot about that as a as a society, as a community. Mm-hmm. But the truth is it's access, right? The truth is it's knowledge. These are the things that don't go away, okay? If you have knowledge, you own it, you know? And once you own that knowledge, you can make yourself better. You can make your brand better. You can, make, you, you can speak to contacts better. You can share more and you can share better, you know? It makes you a better entrepreneur. It makes you a better founder, You know, there's a lot of places to go between founder and CEO, right? You know, Mm -hmm. so a brand founder, you know, who comes up with this idea and gets his brand to two, three, four million, his or her brand to three or four million, and suddenly they're looking at getting to six or eight or 10 million and getting a series A. If they want to continue in that business and continue in that role, they have to migrate to becoming a CEO. And it's different, right? It's different from being a founder, an entrepreneur, and a founder. To being a CEO and running a business that really is looking at, you know, now, how do I continue to please my shareholders, my consumers, customers, and my employees mm-hmm. while continuing to grow this business? And that dynamic is all part of it. It's like that for every segment and every business. But, you know, when it happens, you know, we're also trying to prepare these brand founders and say, okay, here's a thing. These are, we're telling you things you need to be thinking about now as a brand founder. But trust me, trust us, this is going to be more important when you need to transition to that CEO role.
0: U.S. specific? That might be a naive question, but is this just U.S.? This is
1: U.S., Canada, Mexico right now. And and the reason is it's basically around privacy concerns. All the privacy laws for North America are pretty much the same. Once you get into the... The the European Union, and there's some differences, and we're just not big enough to deal with those right now. Um, We would love to expand ourselves um, much more, but it's not in the near-term horizon.
0: Yeah, so good. What is some of the greatest feedback you've heard from investors who are now coming and playing and and being part of Brandjectory?
1: The the investors that are part of our platform and, and the things they tell us are more around the if you're a brand, you should be in here.
0: Okay. Well, good. So they're, they're, uh, they're willing to go out there
1: and say, yeah. you know, these are the most informative meetings you can be good. in. These are the most, this is the best place to get information. This is the best place to get contacts. This is worth every penny. This is, these are the things that investors are telling us. Okay, Good. we'd love to hear from, from investors, more from more investors, that these are these brands are better prepared. That's what we're. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. We know we're better preparing them. The investors we have in the platform, they're active. Probably about ten percent of them would qualify as true angels. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. investing in in smaller rounds and smaller amounts. Probably about ten percent would be those that we would consider sort of. Very much or more oriented towards Series A, VC, PE kinds of firms. The rest are really growth investors. Okay. So they're going to invest anywhere from that two to three million to six, eight million, tag on to a series A. So, you know, we need to increase the number of angel investors on there so brands can get that head start. And what we really think is that we can show angel investors invest a lot on whim. I picked up a product. I like the product. It's good. I'll invest in them. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of angel investors, you know, people that have the ability to do that, um, a lot of them invest on whim. I mean, they may look at some numbers and they may do things like that. Our goal is to even help those angel investors say, again, a brand on trajectory has the best opportunity to grow because they have access to a set of experts, okay? So while I may like somebody at the farmer's market, if they're on trajectory, okay, you know, they're gonna get the best access they probably can get anywhere to be able to grow their business. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are hoping that we can become.
0: How do you navigate then to make sure that you're you're making that happen?
1: We're going to continue to make sure we're reaching out to the right people. We're going to continue to build partnerships. Um, we are in discussion with some of the biggest companies in the, the country in terms of how we can fit into programs they have. You know, a lot of big companies have, they're looking for new brands, right? They they know innovation comes from from the people mm-hmm. and that it doesn't necessarily come from their lab, okay? <laughs> you know, so they're looking for brands that they can bring on. And, you know, we think we can be a conduit for some of that. We think we can be the place. There's a lot of incubators out there and a lot of accelerators.
0: For specifically this industry? For
1: for this industry. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there's ones with the big food firms have them. Chobani and Mondelez and others have them. You know, there's some other types of communities, local communities. There's some in Austin and Denver. And other places where they do this for they they but but most of them are small, short programs, you know, they're they're 12-week programs, or they're just community. Let's get together, let's talk, let's share, let's get somebody here to speak, those kinds of things, okay? We think we can be the tag on for education and ongoing growth for a lot of those types of companies, okay? And we're having discussions with some of them because we want to be that partner, both for our customers, our users. And for the industry, where they can be, continue to be assured, okay, well, someone went through my accelerator program. How am I going to, you know, how are they going to keep the contacts going? You know, you may sit in a 12-week accelerator and get a lot of great information. And it's wonderful information. But then off you go. But then <laughs> off you go. And you take those contacts with you. Maybe they have a mentor program. And you reach out again and you ask questions. But, you know, sometimes you need more than that. And that's where we want to be a player. We want to be the player that says, okay, well, you know, we can help you. We can help those brands continue that growth pattern. We can be a continued conduit for the next level and the level after that and, and, and help them grow. And that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to become within the industry.
0: I Love it. Wow. You got all that bottled <laughs> up in you. I, and, and it's just you. And then you've got two partners, which is exciting. We're, How it, did you and Michael meet? It,
1: Michael and I met through a blog I write. Oh, and wow. he just reached out. He just, years ago? Years ago. He just reached out and we started chatting. And again, it was just, it was just funny how it happened. Like I said, it was, it was just that, you know, wow, how did, how, how, you know, I'm looking at it at the time I was looking at it from an investor consulting advising role. So was he, you know, because he was a consultant advisor, you know, we were just, how do these brands, how, you know, they had a million people show, I mean, there's a hundred thousand people at Expo West. Okay. And they're stopping by these booths and they're grabbing a sample and they're having conversation. They're leaving a card. That brand founders got to go back and say, now, what did
0: that guy want? What did this right. person
1: want? What did this, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, that's all-
0: Overwhelming. Overwhelming,
1: right? And we said, why can't there be a one place? Why can't there be a place where, oh yeah, those are important. We're not, you know, we're, we're not going to stop those from going on or be interfering with that. But how does the conversation continue? Yeah. How does it keep going? Okay. And that's the conversation that Michael and I had originally. And that's what led to Brandjectory. And Brandjectory, if you haven't figured it out, brands and trajectory. Right. Okay. It's,
0: with it, with
1: a, with a, um, a spaceship. With a spaceship and, and an orbit and, <laughs> right. and the I whole bit, it. you know, it's mission fun. control and the whole thing. Yeah. So we're fun people. Yes. Um, we, we like, we like having fun. We want to do this. I mean, we want to make sure we're giving people the best, but we want it to be an environment where they know that they're going to hear great things and, and it's going to be relaxing. You know, so many brands, founders, they'll have that one meeting, right? Oh, I got a conversation with you know, this great um, uh, uh, investor, okay, and I could throw out names here, but let's just say it's a great investor. Oh my God, this is my one shot, right? And maybe it's a half hour call, maybe it's a 15 minute call, you know, maybe, the, maybe the investor says, I, you know what, I'm in a hurry, give me your five minute speech. Okay, that's stressful. And that can be fraught with problems. We're trying to give them an environment where they could be talking to investors. They're going to be talking to investors every month. If they just do the basic things we're doing, they're talking to investors three, four times a month, okay? They may not be ready for some of those investors, but they're getting practice, and it's less stressful, okay? It's in a meetup.
0: And the investors know that. And the investors know that. And why they're part of the community. And why they're part of the community.
1: So it's it's, it's all knowledge sharing. It's all getting Mm -hmm. experience. It's all getting practice. It's being, it's it comes about in an environment that's less
0: stressful,
1: more focused on, you know, on just sharing and communicating. And if the good things start to happen, that's because the person, the brand founder, he or she has taken in what we're saying and they're communicating it well, and it's them that's getting the reward. It's them that's having success. We're just a
0: tool. Yeah love it. I, I want to ask about the Litchfield fund as well. before I do that though, I think this might be a segue maybe not. Uh, tell me if you and Susan have worked together before or I mean or is this the first time that you've shown up as partners this way?
1: We've been together 25 years, but this is the first time we ever worked first together. First time? Yeah. So and we, what is
0: Susan's background? Did you
1: Marketing, advertising, oh, you publishing, yep. um, some oh, fundraising a, a for nonprofits. So I had more of the business and tech and operations side. She had more of the— Brand marketing. You know, so she's like our social media you know, guru. I mean, yeah. she's the one doing a lot of the LinkedIn work, reaching out to people. If you hear from Susan out there, it's brand So the Litchfield Fund, okay? Susan and I both grew up in Cleveland, okay? My parents were from Western Pennsylvania. My grandparents had farms. My uncles had farms out there. Um, my, my parents actually grew up on farms next to each other. All of them were they were part-time farmers, part-time coal miners. This coal mining country. Okay, so my dad was a coal miner. Uh, my dad grew up on a on a on a on a, a dairy farm. Okay, he actually in the 1920s and early 30s until his dad died, he he drove a wagon into Indiana, Pennsylvania, the belt on it. Okay. I come by it that way. I was a kid that, you know, got left on the, you know, you know, went to the grandparents. I cleaned chicken coops. I spread manure. You know, I stocked the coal stove, you know, in the morning. And, you know, you know, when I was 14, my grandfather would come upstairs, wake me up to go put, you know, coal in the coal furnace. They got an outside toilet or an inside toilet in early 60s, but the kids still had to go to the outhouse (laughs) up at the top. Of the hill to, you know, because water costs money and toilet paper costs money. So you went up there. And I would go to my uncle Jim's next door because he actually had a, a toilet seat <laughs> on his. But, you know, on the way back down, you'd grab a stem of garlic or a stem of onion or fresh tomato and, you know, you'd chew it on the way down back to the house. Um, you know, Italian family, big meals, the whole bit. My parents came to Cleveland, you know, because that's where the jobs were. Okay. And my mom didn't want my dad working in coal mine anymore. My dad. My dad's dad died when he was fourteen. You know, they lived with an uncle, with an older brother. His older brother. They lived with Susan's family comes from Litchfield, Ohio, and her dad, who you know was a a senior executive partner for a major law firm, he grew up on a farm. Okay, Um, so you know, we both came by the farming heritage and and that you know sort of you know connection to the earth. Foundation is strong in both of us. Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't know if the farms when Susan was little. I think the farms were not as working you know, on her side. Um, but when I was little in the early 60s and into the 70s, I mean there was a you know the the big the, it was tiered in Pennsylvania. The houses were down here. The railroad tracks were down here. Coal mines were down here. And you know, and then the 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 houses were here. The leased land was where they farmed, and the outhouses and sheds and shanties were at the top of the hill where they kept all the tools. That's what I grew up around. You know, even though we were from Cleveland, we go out there in the summer, and that's what I grew up around. So we really had that connection to the land. And my my parents' little hometown is called Alberta, okay. And the Litchfield fund sounded better than the Alberta fund, so that <laughs> Alberta fund. So that's why we're the Litchfield. It sounds classier. So that's why we're the Litchfield fund. I
0: love it. Prior to coming out here together in uh, eight years ago, um, had you thought throughout your marriage and relationship—I'm assuming you're married, maybe you're (laughs) not—that you would one day have a business together? Or did this just all kind of culminate it, it just, it just, I
1: think it came together with sort of the, what do we do next?
0: Yes. You know, you reach that it.
1: point sometimes. And, you know, we were, we were too young to say, you know, we're going to sit we're by done. the pool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to sit by a pool or something like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we probably didn't expect to be this busy. We probably thought we'd have time to do other stuff like travel a little bit more and things like that. But we, we both have that energy and that desire to try to create stuff, I think, and try to make things happen. I think that's what led us to say we really want to do something. And we wanted to do something in an industry we love vegetables out here are really fresh, you know, compared to Cleveland, Ohio, right? Okay. So, you know, you know, outside of the, the rains and the cold killing the desert lettuce right now, right. and the remain being a little brown when you get it in the grocery store, you know, the, the vegetables out here, you know, compared to getting vegetables in, in Cleveland in the wintertime, you know, and, and I love to cook. You know, that's my mom and me, the tradition of cooking Italian. You know, there's got to be food everywhere, you know, so I love cooking and I just enjoy that. It's a relaxing time for me. Just seemed natural that we would end up in food, and, and, and that we would do something in the food industry. Mm-hmm. I think you know we always, like I said, were the healthy sort of. I think Susan got a little bit more on the on the train of being healthy a little bit sooner than I did in terms of looking for brands, looking for options. Quite frankly, when we were you know back in the nineties, you know Cleveland didn't get a Whole Foods until two thousand and three, I think it was. You know, so if we were on the road somewhere. You know, we'd hit a Whole Foods, load up the car with yeah. anything that we could get home without it spoiling, you know, back in the day or a fresh market or the old Lucky's in the Midwest. You know, we'd hit those stores, fill up the cars, car and, you know, head home, okay, mm-hmm. you know, so that we could get products and our hands-on products, you know, that we otherwise wouldn't get. All part of how we tried to learn what the industry was and became very aware of sort of both the nutritional trends and the trends around supplements, what's good for you, what's not good for you. And just really try to understand that and and eat, you know, in that path on that path that's going to yeah. And we think it's and and one of the reasons why we wanted to get into food and do the things we were doing is we thought even at the time, you know, in 2014 when we started this, that people were starting to realize if you're healthier at 40, you're gonna be healthier at 60. If you're healthier at 60, you're gonna be healthier at 80. Mm. And no matter who's in control of Washington, DC, everything around medicine is gonna get more costly, more confusing, harder. More difficult. It, it, it would take a massive change to change that, and With you the know,
0: exception of the things that we can control except for ourselves, the things that we can do for ourselves. I love it.
1: Okay, and yeah. that we can make ourselves more resilient, younger, as a sense, and just more aware of what we need as a human to survive. And that's, I think, one of the things that always excited us about being in this industry is there's yeah. a lot of ways that that people can focus on their own nutritional aspects. It's nice to see that there are nutritional things that you would always used to think of as bad for you. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to eat snacks that are nutritional. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the
0: price point has come down for to some yeah, degree. Yeah, it's a
1: little shaky, and, but, and, but
0: also accessibility. You started, accessibility started off our conversation today better. saying how limited it was, which back in the day it was. Was and now
1: it's much. We are
0: becoming. We have an opportunity become more wise about what our choices right. are and and have them at, at the fries true. and not just the whole foods absolutely and the sprouts. True. Yeah,
1: absolutely true. Yeah,
0: what a fun conversation. Well, thank you. Now, if your your partners were here, would they be just as enthusiastic yes. or do I play a little bit of a different role?
1: Yes, I'm probably the most robust.
0: I love it. Well, thank you, Susan and Michael But you, for have, you sharing. should see
1: Susan and I together, though. We're well, pretty both together. Well, I think she may
0: have um, celebrated uh, you being here with us today on social media. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to get to know her. And it's really been so much fun. Be sure to um, share with us where we can find you. So you are uh, you guys are on LinkedIn. We're
1: on LinkedIn. You can find Tom Malingo or Susan Bryanton on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and reach out to us. You can contact me at tom at brandjectory.com. Very simple. B-R-A-N-D-J-E-C-T-O-R-Y. Our website is brandjectorynow.com.
0: Brandjectorynow.com.
1: And you can find us there. We're always happy to talk to people. We're always happy to um, uh, share. Mm -hmm. So even if the conversation doesn't result in someone becoming part of Brandjectory, one way or the other, we're happy to make contact and talk to folks.
0: So, whether I'm an investor or a founder or, or a service provider, or a service provider, please reach out. Yep, yes. absolutely. So good. So, LinkedIn, your website, and you said that Susan's managing the social media, mainly on LinkedIn. Are mainly other on LinkedIn. Platforms? Mainly on LinkedIn. Yeah, good. Wow, so fun. I loved every minute of Thank it. Thank you
1: for this. We really appreciate the chance to come visit. Thank you, Daryl. Yay, uh, for the running seat. the show over there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we really appreciate the chance to join you here. It's a beautiful place. This is my first thank time you. down to Max 6.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. No, How about first that? time I've been
1: down here for, for this. I've passed. I guess I've passed it by before. Now but you never know, really here. Now I know here. You'll wave when you go by. So I can wave when we go by.
0: <laughs> or stop in. We'd yep. love that. Tom, really great to meet you. And thank, thank you again you, for sharing you for your passion, me, your enthusiasm, in addition to the success you've had with Brent Really Jeffrey. appreciate
1: it. Thank you so much. Absolutely.
0: You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from Max 6 entrepreneurial workspace. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening.